you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Welcome, everybody. Ooh, hey, that's hot. Well, we have a lively first service this morning. Uh, worship was... was um, there was a movement of the spirit. It was like so intense. Uh, I could feel it, and I am thankful for. It's cool when when people pull the worship out, out of the worshipers. Um, we're gonna. Uh, did we text in already? Cool. I'm a little spaces spacey today, um, and so I'm trying not to go with like a sermon. I, I didn't actually practice this at all, so we're gonna just see where this goes. I have several scriptures that I wrote down. And we'll see how to play this out. Um, last week uh, was was really heavy, and it was it was not a lot of fun to be here last Saturday preaching. I don't even know what I said last week. So if I there was heresy that came out, blame it on the other guy. I don't know. Um, some of you are new. I'm sorry. Uh, my name's Tim, and I'm one of the pastors on staff. And uh, yeah, last week we had a, a really hard time. We we um, we had lost one of our members of our church, and uh, he um, is very precious to us, and he was a big symbol of hope here in our community, and um, I'm, I'm thankful to be tomorrow there at his funeral and uh, to be able to share in that, in that time. <clears throat> but what I, um, what I realized is that over the last few months, things have been getting increasingly more difficult um, spiritually. It's really weird. We're gaining so much momentum and seeing people come to Christ. There's a hunger that is growing in our church. And yet I can say, and I would say the staff can say, and the elders can say, and those that are our intercessors can say, that you can feel the warfare that is happening in our church. It was a couple months ago, I was at a wedding, and I was, I was uh, talking about something, and, and uh, one of our members looked at me, this is someone who I just didn't expect. He's not like a crazy intercessor. He's not the guy that like dances and worships up front. He is not very loud about his faith. And uh, I just said, you know, things are really intense right now. And he said, well, yeah, man, we're, we're building a church. Of course we're going to be under crazy warfare. And uh, I, I guess I, it didn't hit me until he said it, and it hit me. So today, I want to talk about some things, because um, I can recognize that our community, and if this is your church, or if you're picking a new church, it's always great when they say, welcome to a church that's under warfare right now, but uh, hey, uh, let's join the fight here, um, and uh, let's see where this goes. Today, we're just going to do a one-series message called The Armor of God. In two weeks, I'm committing to do a sermon on the heart for the house and give you guys all the updates on where we are with the building, and you'll be getting some stuff in your email this week also, but just kind of let you know where we're going. Armor of God. Here we go. Nope. Before we get there. Uh, just there, there has been some really difficult things just this week that was, it was really intense to cope with. A lot of people that are ill, um, and so just, but I wanted to give you a few testimonies because oftentimes 
I was walking around talking to people, going, "How are you doing?" And they were like, "Man, this is crazy, isn't it? It's crazy! Wow, it's crazy!" And if you're if you're in our church or you've gone through Next Steps, and then uh, then you have the uh, church communication app, and you're hearing some of the things of people that have gone ill over the last couple of weeks, and it was like, "Man, this is really not coincidental." And uh, and so I'm going to take you to a few places in Scripture. I want you to know, um, first of all, nothing that happens on this earth happens aside from the Lord. Okay, so the Lord is sovereign. Anything that is going to happen to any of us, He knows the timeline. Like it's okay to say the Lord is in it, and even though it scares you and it doesn't make sense, He's God. If He gets all the glory. We can also say, God, I don't like what you're doing here. Uh, I'm blaming this on you. And he's big enough to shoulder that stuff. And so anyways, as we're, we're diving into this, I want to give you a couple praise uh, testimonies. Uh, my good friend Terry Miller joined us in, sir, in service today. Terry, we love you. Certainly, I love you. I don't know about anyone else here, but uh, I, I like you sometimes, I should say. Uh, let's be honest, right? If you know Terry. Uh, you're, you're, I love you, man of God. And uh, uh, Terry had uh, uh, an intense stroke this week, and uh, I'm so thankful that you're here. Um, well, you're fortunate. Um, what I know is uh, Joseph um, Smith um, is recovering from a stroke that he had this week, um, and he's, he's getting a little bit of his speech back. Some of you guys are praying. Uh, he's getting some movement back in his hand. Isn't that right, Miss Tammy? His leg. And so we're thankful Joseph will be with us soon. We're believing for a full recovery. But what I know is that he is still with us in this season. Uh, I want to uh, thank God. Fred Knight uh, had a heart attack this last week, and um, it was really intense, and uh, they, they, were, they put three stints. He'll be here. He's flying back today. Uh, total miracle. Uh, what I know is that this isn't always the case, and so we lean into hardship, and we lean into uh, truth. Like we, we want to know that like while physical things in the normal is happening in my body and in there is also spiritual things. And sometimes the things, the decisions that I made in the natural affect the decisions that are happening in the supernatural. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? I can't blame everything on the devil, but I do know that the devil is real and the devil is, does have uh, an assignment on your life. And I want to just talk about where I know we're going as a people. As we can see, I don't know if it was just in your natural eye, our churches is growing, not just in attendance, but man, like, in so many ways, you know, this last week in Kids Church, uh, on Wednesday night, uh, Emily told me we had a record attendance. Uh, they, they asked me if I would watch the kids because no one else would watch the kids. They said, don't worry, Tim, only 10 kids will be here on Wednesday night. Cool. 28 kids showed up in that room back there. And I just think, man, you need to know that, that our church is growing and the enemy is going to try to thwart these things. And so wherever we are today, I want to give a message of where you should know your assignment is today. Another testimony uh, for you. There's a young man that goes to our church. His name is Micah. Not my son, Micah, actually. He's better looking. Uh, uh, Kyle Lanier's uh, son, uh, Micah. And uh, he um, about... October of last year, he uh, had a panic attack and developed an ex a food anxiety where he, was, he became traumatized to eat. And he went months without eating any food at all. 
the family was terrified for his health as what could happen in his organs. He went months and we've had little breakthrough after little breakthrough after little breakthrough. Yesterday we were at outreach feeding the kids and uh, I, of all the things to eat, Josh, they ate, he ate one of your hamburgers. I mean, I just, God bless him, you know. But he came over to me and he goes, look, I just, he showed me the wrapper and he ate his, a whole cheeseburger yesterday. And uh, that's like oxygen, man. Kyle, isn't it? And uh, we're just so thankful the little things that God is doing in the midst of some of the crazy. And I would ask you to pray as we um, are praying for the, the Hill family, uh, for Finn tomorrow and for that service and for the recovery and everything that's going on. We're a church that prays and we're going to lean into prayer. With that, I got to start the message. And here's what the Lord showed me to share with you guys today. How about let's stand to our feet for God's word this morning. Beast, uh, a final word, Paul said. He's our apostle. Hey, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'd be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so that you would be able to resist the enemy in a time of evil. And then after battle, you will, be, you, will stand, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And in addition to all of these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And put on the salvation of your helmet. And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. And stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Uh, I didn't tell Melissa, who shared that announcement earlier, that we were doing this verse here today. Uh, but what I have learned is that um, there are believers that um, have no idea what's going on around you. And um, I, I want you to know that whether or not you realize it, you're in a spiritual battle. And the enemy hates you, and he hates your love for God, and he would love to cut your effectiveness for the kingdom and stop you in your tracks. And he's going to do a lot of different things to make that happen. And Paul gives us a little bit of insight about that right now. Let me make sure you understand. You have a call of God on your life right now. Every one of us. You may not be called to be a preacher, but you are called to be somebody's preacher. You are called to be somebody's teacher, leader, guide, friend, advocate, intercessor. You are called to make a difference, and the enemy would love to thwart that. Let me take you in here. Paul said first, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I wonder what that even looks like for you. When was the last time you were strong in the Lord or in his mighty power? 
What does it look like when God's mighty power is upon you and you're, and you're operating in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? That's my cry for you. You need to understand that we are all like leaders. You are a church. You're the temple of the Lord. We want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the authority and the confidence and the belief of the Lord. He said, be, he said I want you to, to, to operate, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then he said, I want you to put on the armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Time out. For you, I want you to know the devil operates differently for all of our personalities. But what I've learned is that he isn't physically attacking me. He's not physically attacking you. But what he is doing is dealing with the natural circumstances of our life and lying to you. He is trying to manipulate your thoughts and your patterns to get you to shut down, check out, quit, get mad at someone else. I, some of the things that I know that he's doing right now is he is trying to spoil or ruin relationships in this room. Sometimes it will be even in your own home. It will be with another church member or a coworker. The Lord is not wanting you to create conflict with anyone else. He's actually trying to restore relationships. That's who he is. So what I know is that in the enemy right now, what he's trying to do is distract a lot of people. Rather than you focusing on your prayer life or focusing on your assignment or your calling, he's going to pull you over here so that you're alone, 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 alone. You know when people backslide and fall away from the Lord? When they're alone, when they drift, and when they're isolated. And that's when people's thoughts get the darkest. When you become isolated and alone, the devil schemes. And he's got a strategy for all of you. And I wonder if you have figured out yet some of your triggers. Because I don't know about you, but I've fallen in the same daggone pit over and over and over again. He gets me to talk before I thought about what I was supposed to say. And I couldn't get those words back in my mouth quick enough. They're already out there, and they've already done damage. What does he do for you as he's scheming against you and the call of God and the assignment of the Lord in your life? So what Paul says is, is I want you to put on the armor of God. He says, because you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I love that he, he says, we... Because it's not just him. He, he includes us into this conversation. Whether you realize it or not, there are spiritual things going on all around us. And it's time that you're mature enough to recognize that there is a Lord and there is an enemy. Now in my life, I got to be honest, I seldomly spend time in warfare rebuking the devil. But what I do is make sure that my heart is right, that I don't have sin in my life that he is taking advantage of. I make sure that my thoughts are on my righteousness towards him and the assignment that the Lord's given me. And I make sure that I'm filled with scripture and I make sure that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I make sure that, that the Lord is telling me about what he's calling me to do next. But there are times of warfare. I don't want to radicalize anyone and make anyone overly weird. Like there is a devil behind every bush. In fact, there's probably three. But you, if, 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 the idea is if you walk in the authority and the confidence of God, 
You ain't got to worry about all that other nonsense. Focus on Jesus. But the enemy is waging warfare. And what he's encouraging us to do as a church is to put on our armor. And that's important because there's a mindset that happens when you begin putting on an armor. And there's a mindset that happens when you take your armor off. When you take your armor off, the war's over. You're relaxed and you're comfortable. But you know when your armor is on. You know when you're engaged in direct thought with the assignment that the Lord has given you in your life. And you know when you're drifting. But Sometimes we just drift without knowing it. And in this passage, man, I, I, over and over again, this is where I get nervous is when people that want to love God are not aware that there's an assignment on their life. They're not engaged in prayer. They're not engaged in devotion. And they're not aware that spiritual things are going on all around them and they miss their assignment. But against evil and um, evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world and against mighty powers in this dark world, but against evil spirits in heavenly places. And he would go on to finish and he would say, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent. Stay alert and be persistent. And I, I don't know about any other generation or any, anything else that's happened, but I think as I've talked to missionaries that live in other countries, the greatest problem that we have is we are entertained to a point of slumber where we're not engaged in anything. But I want you to know that like you are under attack and, and you may not see that, but I want you to know that your family is under attack and I want you to know that your church is under attack and what we do then is we learn to pray. Now, I'm not asking you, honest to God, there is a reality where Jesus possessed authority to go and rebuke the devil. And that's super important. Like, people have that ministry. But the reality is I'm asking you to learn to operate in authority where you know the word of God and know what your assignment is. And I keep coming back to that because you got to know what your next step is. Let me just take you to Jesus as he is under spiritual warfare in his own life right before his ministry is about to start. So let's just consider our church for one second. Let's just pretend that that church down the street, which is just a building, the ministry that's really taking place is not in a building, but it's in us, right? But when Jesus was about to go and start his ministry, he was first water baptized And then the Bible says that the next thing that he did in Matthew chapter 4 was he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. I got to take you there because it's an interesting passage. And sorry, guys, I don't have this on the screen because I, oh, you got it there. Thanks, Matthew. You're pretty stinking awesome. Uh, This is not part of my notes. I'm making this up in real time. And Jesus, uh, Matthew, that's John chapter 4. That's not what we're reading. We're reading Matthew. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and he became very hungry. 
And during that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, then tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, what I love here is that it's important for you to know that Jesus was able to recognize the enemy. And that's something that I, I, I wish that I can speak for you, that you would know the things that the enemy is trying to lie to you about in this very season. What does he try to get you to do that is opposite of what the Lord wants you to do? Where is the compromise? And so the, the Lord gave Jesus an assignment, I want you to fast. For some of you, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit has been telling you for days, for weeks, for months, I want you to elevate your prayer life. I want you to consume more scripture. I want you to take your prayer life from five minutes a day to 20 minutes a day. And where is it in our life? Like one of the things that we know as a church, this is our motto for the month with all of our staff and all of our leaders, is that we take our next step spiritually and we encourage others to take next steps. I wonder in your life, when was the last time that you decided to grow your prayer life? And so Jesus was led by the Spirit, which the Spirit is leading all of us. But in this passage, he was saying, the Lord was just asking Jesus to make, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit was asking Jesus to not eat. And so the one thing that the devil was trying to do is just, just eat a loaf of bread. Look, you're so majestic, Lord. You can create bread out of nothing, out of this rock. And in our life, it just the enemy is going to try to get you to turn on the television a little bit longer. Scroll a little bit longer on, on, on social media. Stare. And so if you watch some of your screen time, you know, your battery will tell you what you did this, this day and how much time you spent on it. And it would be convicting to know that you gave some of the precious hours of your life to nothing. Yet what is the Holy Spirit asking? And it's, it doesn't seem spiritual, but it very much is when the Lord, where the Lord is speaking to you and we're doing the opposite. The enemy is never going to ask you to memorize more scripture. The enemy is never going to ask you to spend more time in prayer. But the Holy Spirit is, and you know his voice. Does this make a little bit of sense? And just for us to be who we are, like we're, as a staff, we're talking about like how are we getting ready for where God is taking us? As, as I remember what it was like when we were pregnant with Micah, man, we had like this nursery painted and, and nursery crib and all this stuff. We didn't even use the stinking room for like a year. You know, the kid never even saw the room. Slept in our bed, slept in my bed, really. I got the couch. And, but like, yeah, you little jerk, I see you back there. <laughs> and so, what I, but like we wanted to be ready. We want to be ready. And if we want to do the things that God's calling us to do, we prepare for it now. Amen? Amen? And so the next thing here that happens that the enemy is doing in Jesus, trying to deceive him, trying to lie to him, trying, and, but Jesus would answer about the bread, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's one of my favorite things that's going on, because as I'm thinking about this time, I, you know, this week we were praying with a lot of people on the phone, answering a lot of questions. There was a lot of confusion that was going on in people about, about is this possible and is this God and where's God at and how could this happen and what's going on and why would God let this happen and there's no hope in this situation. And I just got to say that's all nonsense. The Lord still reigns. 
He is sovereign and he is good. And good will come out of all of these situations. I can promise you that. Good has already come to Terry. And as I'm this week, Miss Linda texts me and she's telling me that God's with us and we got it one way or another, whether Terry goes home to be with the Lord or whether Terry's here, we know that God is good and he's with us and his plan will reign. And I'm like, they're gone it, Linda. You preach on Sunday morning, you know? <laughs> but what's important is that in your life, when you're in warfare, that you have a weapon and so in this scripture, when, he, when Paul says like the armor of God, your sword is the word. And I can't tell you this enough, church. You have to have a scripture. You have to have a scripture. You have to have a scripture. I had a vision here before I got here and the vision was quite funny. I don't know why, but this was a big gym and I was the trainer and I looked a lot like Will Doyle and... <laughs> I want you to know that just because you come to our gym doesn't mean you're working out. And it doesn't mean you're going to get fit. How you get fit is by exercising your faith. So you can't come to church, hear the preacher, and walk out of here prepared. Even if I'm telling you you're going to battle. Your weapon is not my weapon. Your weapon is the word and the promise that God gives you that you learn to stand on in your life. What word are you standing on for your marriage? In your life, what word are you standing on for your children? In your life, what word are you standing on for your finances? What are you standing on for your career, your education, and where you're going? When you stand on the promise of God, now you've activated your faith. And Paul said, you must stand. I love last night, we were in this prayer meeting, and, and my brother Gil said that standing um, doesn't mean standing still. In fact, when a boxer is boxing, he's, his standing looks different. We're getting ready when we're standing for the Lord. And you know there are darts coming at you, there are lies coming at you, and if you know you're being lied to, what does the enemy lie? How does he lie? He talks you out of the promise of God. He tries to get you to lay it down, which is what the enemy does to Jesus. Hey, man, if, if God's really God, just jump off this cliff. Hey, if God's really God, then you should just do this. And what he does for us is he just distracts us, pulls us away, and bores us to death. But when you're ready for the fight and the warfare that God's called you in, if you really want the promised land for your family, then you've got to fight for it. I don't know. I, um, let me throw this. Yeah, I'm going to put this up there. Matthew chapter 11. Um, I love this, man. This really hurts my feelings. Jesus is talking about John the Baptist, and he says that he's the greatest man that's ever been born of a woman. Greatest guy. Greatest human. And we think of like beautiful, innocent children, all kinds of stuff. And he says, I tell you the truth, because he knows that John the Baptist is about to be killed. They're going to chop his head off. This is what he says. I tell you the truth, among those born of a woman, there, is, there has never arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. For from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence, and the violent are taking it by force. What I need you to know is that Bad things happen to good people. 
all the time. But how do we respond? Like you need to know that you are, un, you are going to be under attack. I'm going to tell you this. I remember I was um, uh, 17 years old and I was just starting to read the word. And I was watching MTV one day. And remember when they used to have music television? It was like crazy. They played music on this show uh, channel that they call a music channel. It was weird. You wouldn't believe it. Anyways, um, and so there was this interview with Marilyn Manson and, and his uh, pastor. And Marilyn Manson was saying that he was in the satanic church. And his pastor, uh, his name was Antoine LaVey. He was the leader of the satanic church. He said, uh, you need to know... You, you didn't join the church and then join. He said, anyone who's not serving Jesus is already serving the enemy. I was like, whoa. Well, you realize they're not. You're in a fight. And he's trying to deceive. And, but you have to learn to stand on the promises of God and engage in this battle. Because what the things that, the dreams that God has put in your heart, you're going to have to fight for. You're going to have to warfare for. So I'm going to take you to two more scriptures just quickly because I'm already out of time. But here we go. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, I think it was, David is about to go up against Goliath. And Goliath marches out on the field and he's taunting all the people of God. And little David, man, he realizes what's going on. And David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And this is how I want you to learn to fight, church. Some of you are spiritual babes learning to pick yourself up. Some of y'all have been Christians for years, but you forgot your warfare. And here's little David, a little boy who's willing to have the authority that no one else in the kingdom seems to understand has already been delegated to them. Someone's got to fight. He says, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And, And that's all you need to know about spiritual warfare is the name of that's it, man. That's, that's the power. That's the authority. That's, that's all the good stuff. That's the name that every devil in hell will tremble against. That's the name that every knee will bow. That's the name. Like I've, I know so many stories of people that were having like terrible attacks. And in the middle of the night, they were able to get his name out. And there was peace. The name of Jesus is powerful. And the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And then the next verse says, uh, what does it say? I forgot. He says, all who have gathered here will know that it is not by sword nor, nor by spear that the Lord saves, for it's the Lord's battle. And, and I just want you to know that when, you're, when you are in warfare, it's, it's, it's not you that's fighting. The Lord is already one to fight. You're just claiming the territory that was already given to you. When he said, all authority has been given to me, I am giving to you. Paul says he wants you to possess that mighty authority. And so it's important as a believer, what is a believer if you don't have authority? If, you, if you've been made a son and a daughter, then you have to know that you have territory. You have to claim things that are yours. You have to make sure that the enemy, who is a a lion, who steals, kills, and destroys, is not stealing or taking your stuff. We fight back. If you are on this earth, you have a call of God on your life. Don't fall asleep on the call of God on your life. Does that make sense? Um... 
All right, this is what I, I felt like I should, I should say. Uh, I'm going to end with this story. It's in 1 Samuel uh, chapter, nope, Chronicles 11, 22. And I'll just say it real quick. There's this story about this guy. Um, he was one of David's mighty men. And I, I got to tell you, it's, if, if, where are all the guys at here today? If you want to read something cool, read the story about David's mighty men. It will, it'll put hair on your chest, you know, it'll, 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 it'll make you grow a beard. Some of you guys are wanting to see this. It's manly and manly and manly. And uh, these men did some crazy, awesome things. And in this story, it says that this, this guy was a valiant fighter from uh, Kebzeel and performed great exploits. He struck down this Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also, this is all it says about him. He went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Pastor, where are you going with this? I, I need you to know that, that there are people in our church that are having difficulty right now. There are people in your community, people that go to your work that are under crazy distress because there is an enemy that is confusing them in their finances, confusing them in their spirit, putting anxiety and fear and worry and all kinds of other trauma on them. This guy saw a lion down in a pit on a snowy day. The snowy day part is interesting because it doesn't snow very often in Israel, especially in Jerusalem. But this guy saw this lion in a pit, and he said, this is bad. If this lion gets out, it's going to hurt some people. And he took it upon himself to solve the problem. And I just need you to know that, like, I think there are people that are Christian that are waiting for someone else to do what God's assignment, and then you're going to miss it. It's because you're bored, and you're waiting for someone else to come along and pray. You're waiting for someone else, but like, then you, maybe you don't understand that Jesus commissioned you, that he put his Holy Spirit on you to fulfill a call of God. And so the Bible says that this guy got down in a pit on a snowy day. And I think it's interesting because he, he could have just killed the lion from on top of the pit. But he decided he was going to get down there and make sure that it was dealt with. In your life, how do you pray for your family? Right now, there is spiritual warfare going on in your home, in your marriage, and amongst your children. And some people are doing life so busy that they forget to pray for their family. Listen, before you criticize your spouse, pray for them. Because you want to get God's view before you get yours. You want to get God's heart. When you start praying for your children, what happens is you start getting God's view. I find more often, I don't know if my prayer actually changes things. I believe it and I preach it. But what I have found is that the people that I pray for, it gives me God's perspective. And I begin to see and know and understand. And now I can help so much more. Pray for your family, pray for your church. This is a time where whether you realize it or not, God is growing us. But I don't want to just be a church that's cool, that has good music and a lot of really good looking people in it, you know? I mean, I do, but <laughs> I want to be a people that are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that are fulfilling the call of God on their lives. 
I want to know that when someone is struggling, we're not casual about our faith, but we stop people and say, let me pray for you. I don't know what your next step is spiritually. Maybe you have never laid hands on a friend. Maybe you haven't prayed for a loved one. So here's what I'm going to ask. This is how we're going to close today. I want you, um, if you came alone today, would you stand to your feet? It's okay. I just don't want you praying by yourself. So we're going to have, uh, if, you're, uh, 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 if you came with like five people, will uh, one of you go and hang out with some of these people that came by themselves? Because we want, we want them to pray for you and you to pray for them. So watch this. Um, Ted, will you come and pray with this young lady right here? And uh, Mike, will you pray with Miss Melinda? And Shaz, will you pray with Miss Dawn? And uh, uh, Patrick, will you come and pray with this young man right here? And uh, uh, Jennifer, will you pray with, with Miss Nicole? Has everyone got someone now? I want to make sure we're good. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guys are up front. And the best seats in the house. We're in there alone. Yeah, all y'all stand together. Um, it's important that we're not alone. Listen to me. Don't be alone. And it's important that you pray for people. And I am not asking you to rebuke the devil, but I need you to know that that person sitting next to you is under an attack. It may be loneliness, it may be depression, it may be boredom, it may be uh, they're overfixated on social media. But what we want, maybe I'm wrong, but the person next to you, I want that person to reach someone tomorrow with the gospel of Jesus. How about you? I want that person to know that they have every resource in their life right now to change somebody's life. How about you? I want them to have the confidence that God loves them and God is with them. I want, God, I want, I want them to know that they are loved and they're, and they're, and they're, they're, they're not neglected. I, I want them to possess understanding of who they are. And so right now, I'm just, we're just gonna, this is how we're going to close today. We're going to pray for the person next to us. And, uh, and then you're going to pray for them. They're going to pray for you. And we're going to do this for about three minutes. So that means you each got a minute and a half. So if the guy starts praying first, starts going too long, they're taking up your time to pray back, all right? You can cut them off. You can give them the squeeze. But uh, let's, uh, let's pray right now um, and uh, pray for that person. Go ahead and put your hand on them. Paul says to stir up the gift of God inside of them by laying hands on them. Stir up the gift of God inside of them by laying hands on them. All right, a couple of things. I'm going to throw out a couple of scriptures to you real quick about spiritual warfare, and it'd be good for you to know. If, if you are engaged personally in, in a battle that you can feel, you can see it, um, I would just say, dumb it down, make it simple. Jesus, uh, James said this, when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. All right? He also said, don't give foothold to the devil. So um, here's what I would make sure you know. One of the easiest ways for the, for the enemy to work in your life is by us buying into a lie and, um, and then allowing that thought to grow. And then we live in untruth. This um, yesterday was um, the beginning of the Jewish festival called Rosh Hashanah. And so it is a time of the Feast of Trumpets where we're believing that the Lord is going to return, but it's 10 days of repentance. What I love about this holiday, we celebrated it last night, me and my wife, for the first time. We've never done it before. But they, they, they repent, they repent, they repent, they repent. They, they clean their heart out, say it's a real bitter time where they're asking, they're getting together and just asking God to forgive them of all kinds of sin. 
And then they eat sweets. And I'm like, yeah, that's fantastic, man. Can we do that one all the time, man, you know? And so, uh, but what I know is we're not going to give foothold to the devil. We're going to make sure that our hearts are pure. And we're going to make sure that we love and honor other people. And God, that we're righteous and our thoughts and our hearts are pure. And that's one of the greatest ways to engage in warfare. But, but I, for those of you that are fighting a battle, stand on God's word. Get a promise and don't let go. Does that make sense? Uh, last uh, update that I got, we're way over time, but I wanted you guys to know that um, uh, another cool thing that happened for our building um, recently was um, we had someone donate some furniture to our church, and it probably equivalents to about $30,000 worth of funds that we would have had to spend. And so we have it over there already. Pretty rad, man. And... Uh, so anyways, there, I'm going to give you guys a lot more updates over the next couple of weeks, but man, we really need a miracle and it's happening and there's so much warfare in the trenches. I love you guys. One of the coolest things that Terry and Linda said that they knew is that they were loved by a people that were praying for them. And I just think that makes me proud of our community. Father, would you have your way in our lives this week? Teach us how to love and how to activate our faith and listen to you. We give you praise for everything you're doing. Teach us to stand on your word. And all God's people said, amen. I love you guys. You're the best. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.